What's keeping us from what could and should be for our lives? And I would submit to you the thing that is holding us back from realizing and living out God's promises is ourselves. Like, if I could give you a picture of God looking down at us and his promises are right here, you want to know what we look like? Here's what we look like. We're running in place. We're trying to make progress. But the thing that is holding us back is our own self. You're like, that looks ridiculous. Exactly. And a lot of us, we see things on the other side, but there are some things, there are some mentalities, there have been some things that have happened to us that have become our own barrier to the promises and dreams that God has for our lives. So how do we break through the barriers that are in our lives. I think first we have to recognize the barriers that are in our lives, and we're going to do that through the story of Moses. Uh, and we're actually going to be looking at Acts chapter 7. They give a, 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 a glimpse into Moses' life, who is the same person that God gave the promises to in Exodus chapter 6. It says this in Acts chapter 7, verse 20. It says, At the time that Moses was born, he was beautiful in God's sight. He was brought up for three months in the father's house, and he was exposed. Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him up as her own son. Which, just FYI, first foster care case in the entire Bible right here. First foster care case in the Bible. In fact, in fact, this is important for some of you to recognize that the, the significance of your life might not be something you do, but someone you raise. Some of you are like, what's my purpose? What, what's significant? It might be that child that's in your home right now. You might, be you might be raising up a deliverer of people, and you don't even know it right now because you're so busy looking at yourself. Like, what's my problem? Your problem is that you're not seeing the potential that's right in front of you. Just saying. Are we going to preach here today? And it says, And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. Which is interesting, because when God comes to him later, when he's in the desert by himself, and says, hey, I want to use you to free my people, what does Moses say? But God, I'm a stutterer. Stutterer. But the Bible says that he was mighty in his words and his deeds prior to this. So what became of him that made him that way? Some own things, some, some things in himself began to hold him back from the person that he was called to be all along. It says, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart, which is an important element. I want you to circle that, underline it, star it, highlight it, do something. Came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them being wrong, he defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving him salvation by his hand, but they did not. Let me just stop right there because that's important. What God is going to begin to do in your life, you're going to think that other people should see it in your life, and they're not going to see it. They're not going to recognize the promise that's on your life. They're not going to recognize the dream that's in your heart. They're not going to be able to do that because it's not their dream. It's your dream. It says, and on the following day, he appeared to them as they were quarreling, and they tried to reconcile them, saying, 
men, you are brothers. Why do you wrong each other? But the man who is wronging his neighbor thrust him aside, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? At this retort, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. It says, As time passed, now when 40 years had passed, dot, dot, dot. And what I want to take from this story is I think that there are some things that have hindered us and have begun to kill our dreams that we haven't even recognized that are happening all around us all the time that are creating barriers in our life. And so if you're taking notes today, some of the dream killers that I believe that are holding us back are unchangeable circumstances. A lot of us are looking at our lives and we looked at the, the patterns that we've had from sin or the, the setbacks that we've had in life that is, have put us in a situation where we grew up poor, now we're poor. And so we look at our life and we say, hey, that's never going to change. I'm going to be as poor for the rest of my life. Or, or, this, or, or we look at things and we go, man, things are never going to change because they looked around at themselves. They had been enslaved for 390 years at this point. And in verse 24, it says they were oppressed men. And because they were oppressed men, all they had known is oppression. And so when Moses tried to deliver them, they couldn't see past the oppression that was in their life. Because that was their circumstance. They didn't see how they could ever get out of that. And so many of us in life, we've gotten into some circumstances. But how many of you all know that God has the ability to change our circumstances? But a lot of us are allowing our circumstances to get way louder and way bigger than what God has said about our lives. And so God comes in and goes, man, I haven't called you to be poor. I've actually called you to be rich. And you're going, but God, you don't understand where I'm at. You don't understand where I've been. No, God does. He created you. He made you. He put you on that journey. He knows exactly where you are. He's not speaking to where you are. He's speaking to where you could be. But a lot of us are going, but God, things just don't ever seem to change for me. And you've believed it. For others of you, it isn't your circumstances, but really it's, your, it's this unrelenting doubt that creeps into your life. And I believe that doubt is the greatest dream killer out there. It is the thing that, that speaks not only through other people, but it's something that we speak to ourselves. And what happens is, is Moses has this dream that's in his heart, and he begins to act on it. And then in verse 27 and 28, they ask him, who made you? Like, who gave you permission? Who said you could do that? Who do you think you are? And some of us have begun to step out in life, and we've heard the self-doubt come in. Like, who do you think you are? Like, you're not smart enough to do that. You're not, you don't have the resources to do that. And all of a sudden, we start speaking to ourselves within ourselves. And we begin to doubt ourselves at an even greater level. I remember when Shayla and I moved here in, uh, 10 years ago in June of 2009. We, we started the church in September. And, and I remember about seven weeks in, I looked at her and I'm going, this isn't going very good. And she's like, no, it's not. I'm like, I'm not very good at this. And she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to make it. And she's like, I'm not sure either. You know? And just being full of doubt, even though God had said, go. Do this. Then I remember just a little over a year ago, getting ready for this building to open up. I remember sitting in here one evening by myself, 
looking around and going, I have financially ruined our church. Like, we're never going to be able to fill this place. We're never going to be able to pay for this place. See, at the time, we didn't have thousands of people coming to church. We had hundreds of people coming to church. And we had millions of dollars of debt. And I was looking around going, I, I, I don't think I'm qualified for this. I don't think I have the capability of this. I don't know that I'm that good of a leader for this. Why? Because that unrelenting doubt starts creeping in. And for a lot of us, that doubt has been so loud that it's made God's voice really small. And have you noticed whatever you're listening to seems to grow at a greater measure in life? And if you're listening more to doubt than you are to God, who do you think wins that battle every time? Your self-doubt will win that battle. For others of you, it isn't your circumstances or your doubt. It's unfilled expectations. You thought God was going to do it one way, and he seems to do it another. I mean, this is what Moses thought. It says, at this retort in verse 29 30, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became a father of two sons when 40 years had passed. See, Moses' expectation is, is this comes into my heart. That means God wants to do this right now, which is exactly how we perceive God as well. Like, we are not a super patient people. Anybody in here, like, extremely patient? Yeah, exactly. There's like nobody raising their hands. Why? Because we want everything right here, right now, right in this way. But what I found is the best things in life take some time, right? You don't go to McDonald's expecting a five-star meal, do you? No, because it's fast food, which means it's food, not good food. You go to a five-star restaurant, you expect to be there two, three hours. Why? Because you know there's going to be a multi-course meal and it's going to take, good food takes time. You go to a good movie, it isn't over in an hour and ten minutes. A good movie takes time. they got to build characters. they got to build plot line. they gotta, they got to have this climatic scene. I mean, think about going to a doctor. You don't want to go to a doctor that you can get into and see right away because that means that doctor's not very good, right? You go to a doctor's office, you make an appointment at 1, you're happy if you see that doctor by 2.30. Because the longer the wait, the better the doctor. Unless it's a female doctor, you get in there at two because she's got a little bit more time conscious. But, like, the best things in life take some time. And when you and I, we have to wait on things, we get so impatient. At 40 years old, he has this dream. Here's what I want you to see. Because this is important. This is a little math lesson. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 13... God says to Abraham, who is the father of Israel, he says, hey, your people will be in captivity for 400 years. So 400 years. Then in, in, in Exodus chapter 12, the Bible says that the children of Israel were actually in captivity 430 years. Now, a little math, 430 minus 400 equals 30. Okay, eight of you are good at math. So 30 years difference. Did God lie? No. Moses jumped the gun on the process and the dream that God put in his heart. It says 40 years later, 40 years had passed, dot, dot, dot. God speaks to Moses. Moses goes and delivers the children of Israel, which means that if it took 430 years, Moses jumped the gun 10 years. 
See, God put that thing in his heart, and the reason he jumped the gun is because we too all often assume that the dream that we've been given is a right now promise. See, we live in a microwave generation serving a crockpot God. Let that sink in for some of y'all. Both apparatuses heat things up. Both apparatuses cook. Well, they don't cook. Both of them will give you something edible, kind of. One of them takes time. One of them tastes good. The other does not. And so many of us, what we're doing is God gives us a promise. We're like, yes, God, that means right now. And so what we do is we go, man, 30 seconds later, God, it should be ready to go. And you throw something in a microwave for 30 seconds, it gets hot on the outside, doesn't it? But on the inside, it's ice cold. And so what happens is God gives us a promise. God gives us a dream. And, man, we are fired. Yeah, God, I'm going to go storm the gates of hell with a water gun. I got you. I'm your boy. Three weeks later, we forgot all about it. Why? Because we got hot, but it didn't permeate all the way through. And see, we serve a God that puts a dream and a promise in our heart, not so that it always comes to place right in that moment, but so that it, it can permeate, it can infiltrate, it can, it can kind of get in there and simmer in our hearts. Why? Because he wants to get deep down inside of us. Because if he were to give us the dream and the promise right now, we would not have the character and the ability to sustain that thing. Because we haven't had the internal development that takes some time. And a lot of us have heard promises from God, and we've heard words from God, and we're like, yeah, God, let's do it right now. But how many of y'all know God's ways are not our ways? And we think it's right now, and God's going, man, I've got something for you. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be unbelievable. But you got to let it sink down deep inside of you. Why? Because his promises are yes and Amen. His delays are not his denials. And some of you, you've had some promises from God that, that you got really hot about. And then you found out that you were cold. And you've just thrown those things aside. And I believe that God is saying, no, 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 no. Today we need to take those promises. We need to take those things. We need to throw them in the crock pot. And we need to put those ingredients back in. And we need to begin to let them marinate in the process of time. And allow me to do a work inside of you to see the fruition of those things come to place. Because there is some maturation that needs to take place in your life. And maturation takes some time. You don't become mature overnight. Otherwise, we'd have a lot more godly children right now. Take some time. So practically, what does that look like for us? If God is a promise maker and God is a promise keeper and God is wanting to do some promising things in our life, here's what it means. Number one, if you're taking notes, because I like to be practical, you need to write that promise down. You need to write that promise down. What has God spoken to you? You need to write it down because we are people that is so forgetful, so fast, because life is coming at us at the speed of light. In fact, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, it says that God answered, write this, write what you see. 
Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. What God is saying is he's saying, listen, there's something that's coming, and I'm pointing to it, and I want you to remind yourself of what it is. I want you to see what it is. I want you to be looking out in the distance knowing that what I've promised, I will fulfill because I'm a promise maker and I'm a promise keeper. But don't just write the vision down. Then I need you to, number two, take it to the Bible. I need you to take it to God's word because whatever God says to you should align to what he's already said. A lot of us are believing for promises that God has never spoken in life. And here's what I know is that God's got over 7,000 promises in this book. And every single one of them has a premise, which means that there's something for you to do. There's some sort of aspect that is required of you. And we're wondering, why is that thing not coming to fruition? Well, God has promised, but he's also given a premise. And we have yet to, 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 in essence, we put all the ingredients in the crock pot, but we never hit start. And if you don't know his word, you're going to have a hard time standing on his word. And the Bible is so critical to your faith. I believe it's, it's probably the key element that will make you or break you. It says, David said, I have hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, that I might not mess this process up. I might not throw in some wrong ingredients, but I would trust in you. I would rely on you. I would know you. After you take it to the Bible and you get it aligned with what God has already said, number three, what you need to do is you need to to go to some wise people. You need to go to some people that are sharp, that understand some things. Basically, what I'm saying is tell someone you trust that is wiser, smarter, and further along in their faith than you are. Don't go tell your girlfriend that's not doing any better in life. You promise she ain't going to help you. Dudes, don't go tell your boy that's still single, living in mom's basement. He ain't going to help you. Go find somebody that's in faith, in the place where you want to be, and go, hey, listen, I believe that God has spoken to me. Here's some verses. Would you stand with me in prayer? And pray with me. And believe with me. And maybe you've already been there and done that. Maybe you can give me some wisdom, some steps that I should take that I'm not very aware of right now. And let some other people confirm it with you. In fact, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, it says, Refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. Take good counsel and watch them succeed. And some of us need to get some good counsel in our life. It's one of the reasons why we say, get in a group, 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 get in a group. Almost every single week. It's not because we want you in a group. It's because we want some good counsel around your life to help you succeed in the things of God in your life. The best way to do that is to surround yourself with people like that. And then number four, you've got to wait for God's timing. And this is the one we don't like, but going back to the Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. Then verse 3, you got to look at the next verse. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. It does not lie. If it seems slow in coming, what's that word? Hurry up. What is it? I still didn't hear you. What is it? 
I didn't, I, this section did not say anything right here. So what, what's that word? I just want to make sure. Okay. How about y'all? What, what's that word? Over here. Here. Back there. Yeah, they're louder than all of you. It's on its way. It will come right on 